Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 416 of the JV Club. I don't know why I'm already laughing. Uh, (laughs) I think it's because I'm thinking about my delightful, delightful guest, Karen Lucas. She created the show Country Comfort that I had the great, great pleasure of being on this last year. And the show is very family friendly, very sweet, lots of music, some adorable and wonderful performances by my co-stars. And I was so, so delighted to have Karen on the show. Um, I just think the world of her, she creates an amazing environment in which to work. Um, And uh, we talked about a little bit on the episode with Julia Fowler, uh, one of the writers on Country Comfort, if you listen to that. Um, But she's also just... uh, kind of a powerhouse in her own right, uh, above and beyond Country Comfort. She is an amazing writer, and it was so cool to kind of hear about her experience as uh, one of the, I mean, listen, female writers on comedy and and TV shows, um, that's still something that we struggle with today in the business. So getting to talk to someone who's been doing it for a little while um, was very, very cool. I think you'll find it very interesting and fun. And also, I mean, working on a game show, come on. Anyway, Uh, As you probably know, if you've listened to past episodes the last couple of weeks, we are gearing up for Max Fun Drive. We really, really, really do love celebrating you, the listener, the supporter of this listener-supported network. So we want your stories, friends. You can email why you love the JV Club or why you even like the JV Club at member stories. My voice got really high there. Member stories at MaximumFun.org. Or you can call and leave a voicemail, what, 323-601-8719, and just say a few words. You can even say a haiku about the JV Club. We'll be delighted to play it on the show. So enjoy the episode. I hope you are well. I am feeling good about the uh, way we're all headed, and I said much love. We are just two Southern women talking about country comfort. <laughs> I had Julia hey, on. Uh, she was She's, she represented for all of us. She is definitely Southern and definitely charming. She has all the Southern things going for her. She does. I love Julia. I love Julia. I, I didn't know that you guys knew each other before. I mean, why would I? But I didn't know that you had worked together on something and that you brought her in. Um and that you had already done a, a really cool project together. That was really fun to hear about and find out about. I was just thinking that this is how my mind works. I was just thinking when you add, anytime you ask me something, I'm going to go, uh-huh. Ugh. And then that's all I'm going to say. Just I'm going to like say yes and Uncomfortable no. silence. And then I'll start filling it with just whatever. Like, <laughs> you know what's funny about radish- radishes? They're so pink. <laughs> They're pink. But on the inside, white. <laughs> I, love to, I love to hear you do that. Okay, so yes, Julie and I met while doing another show. We, uh... Someone put my manager put us together because she was married to a Jewish guy and she was not Jewish. She was Southern. So I don't know if she told you all this, she but did. their story. Oh, well, then I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Now, their story was great. And isn't we it a great story? It. Yeah. And you can just go. Yes. We, we, we reversed it. We made the girl the Jewish girl since I was writing it because it was easier for me to to do that. So we reversed it. We yeah. made him Southern and her the Jewish girl. And, so that's what we did on that. And and as a Jewish gal, where were you? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you spend your teen years? In the South. No, I'm kidding. Okay. This um, is... I was born in Chicago, <laughs> and I uh, grew up here in LA. Though I left Chicago when I was around five. Oh, okay. And then my parents decided to come with me. <laughs> 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 they woke up in the no. middle of the night realizing yes, why why did we let our five-year-old move to los angeles alone that does not seem wise in retrospect i knew i had to be here no so we picked up and uh moved to beverly no we moved to the valley and i grew up pretty much in the valley and then uh we moved to encino of course and then of course uh, as you do course, as you do as right near gelson's as every good uh-huh. Jewish girl does <laughs> and um we uh i grew up in the valley it was great i grew up so pretty much in la so born in chicago pretty much in LA. what do you have brothers and sisters i have an older brother and older sister i like to say older because at this age i love being the youngest of something 100 percent 
my brother's musician. He's also a creator. He created a, this new guitar that's amazing. Oh, it's wow. Amp. It, it doesn't need an amp. It's an electric guitar that doesn't need an amp. It's amazing. Oh, boy. And my sister has, oh, the most amazing children. She has three girls and they have babies and the triplets are in the family. So I have like combo of 11 nieces and nephews. Aye, aye, aye. And yeah, and what awesome. what brought your uh, family out to Chicago from Chicago to to L.A. and Gelson? I think I think they heard it was Gelson. Gelson. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was uh, trying different things. My dad had a new business he wanted to start up in L.A. So we came, you know, for his business, and then he started here, and we never left. Yeah, and it's great here. Did you go to private school? Did you go to public school? No, I'm public. I'm yeah, all me about too. Public. Me too. Yeah. I went um, in Sherman Oaks, and uh, then I went to high school, and you know, and so you know, I went to Birmingham High, and uh, you know, that's what I did here. I didn't, you know, I was involved in singing and you know all that stuff, all the stuff I'm sure you were involved in. Well, I'm from Arizona, and I, I I'm always fascinated by people who grew up in areas like New York or Los Angeles, where or Chicago, where you sort of have, if you're an artistic person, you have things kind of around you that are that feel real that feel doable possible you know I'm just I, I'm coming from a place where I, it just I didn't know I mean I think I knew a kid I knew one kid who was on a Nickelodeon show called Hey Dude because it shot in at old Tucson uh, and that was like and I think I even thought like well I guess he's made it so he'll be the kid from Tucson who makes it like there just wasn't I didn't have that relationship with show business the way it seems that kids who who kind of grew up with it closer by but uh, but by the same token it could feel like oh you know it's it's all around me but I'm not really a part of it so did you feel that that feeling of like possibility and sort of like a career well, stretching forward I I don't know when I got the idea that I wanted to be in show business I don't know if I would have had it in Chicago I don't know but I love singing with a passion so at a very young age, my dad was very into music, loved the old, you know, Ella Fitzgerald and, you know, like Stephen Eady and all Sarah Vaughan, all the olds. But I love Judy Garland from the time I don't even remember how old I was, but I saw something of Judy Garland and I said, oh, I want to be her. That's what I want. Yeah. I love this. Something I connected with Judy Garland. I don't know. Do you think it was The Wizard of Oz or was it? I no, mean, I don't mean that. It was in a old Judy Garland. No, no, all it was the, old the Judy whole. Garland. Yeah, okay. It was old when she started having problems, and you know, she was like, I felt sad for her, and I connected to her in some odd way. I yeah. don't know, in her voice, amazing voice, like crying her voice. Yeah. So I grew up listening to Judy Garland in my room, closed the door. Back then, they had albums, and I listened to Judy at Carnegie Hall like every day. I came home from school and sang, and thought I was going to be the next big giant singer. But then all the singers I liked, I realized had a little tragedy. And so mm. I thought, ugh, I don't know if I have enough tragedy to be good <laughs> or the voice. <laughs> the voice helps too. But, you know, then I have Barbara Streisand and I'm like, oh, no, I maybe should be a writer. I shouldn't be a singer. That was <laughs> it. They were, all, they were so brilliant. They were all so good. So I was like, that's it. I was more of a funny singer. You know, I would do comedy with my singing and impressions and things like that. I, so I can relate to saying yeah I sang you know and that's what I wanted to do and it wasn't until very late that I became a writer I was in game shows and all other kinds of things before being a writer wait a minute you were on game shows as a singer I no, I was oh. uh, I went I went to do game shows as well when I was trying to be a singer let me know if I get boring because I could talk you about better, myself all day I want um, you to all day <laughs> okay so I wanted to be a singer so I I went when I was I recorded a song at some guy's studio and I thought, oh my God, this is it. I I've made it. And I didn't. And, but at that, at that place Wait, did they was, ask? No, see, now I got to slow you down. This is how unboring you are. I need to know, what do you mean you record? Like, did did you say I have a song of my own no, that I want to go and record? The song, do you remember the song? I will follow him. Yeah. Follow him wherever. Okay. They had like a kind of a disco kind of fun version of it and I recorded it. And I thought, oh, this is going to be huge. Okay, so wait, 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 did you audition for it? Did you have the, like, how did that come to be? I don't even remember. I think I was, <laughs> I, honestly, I don't remember. Did I remember you wake up 
from being blacked out inside the studio and not know how you got there because this is starting was, to feel like the enough, enough tragedy for you to be a singer if you're being you know what kidnapped. maybe you're right maybe i just don't remember and yeah. we can still have a singing it career. can happen um i think i was auditioning for a lot of things and they must have seen me and i, I don't remember because back then i was auditioning find and things like that this this song better be readily available by so the I way i it. honestly don't remember a lot of things like i won't remember what we just talked about in about an hour and a half. okay great anyway at the building i was in upstairs was a was a game show company and i was also trying to be a singer and my father bless his heart one day said to me you know you can't sit around and just try to be a singer all the time you're gonna have to do something with your life like a and like a like a more adult occupation like game shows like do yes <laughs> like but accounting lawyer doctor game show contestant exactly so i in that building i just went up to get a job just to get a job in the game show company and i did and i just got a job to hold me while i was trying to be a singer Okay, so you yeah. worked as you worked sort of as a production assistant or as a writing. yeah. I worked okay. as a receptionist. I started okay. as a receptionist, and um, then I, I guess I was so vivacious. I have to say that doesn't surprise me at all. The idea of you working <laughs> yes. as a receptionist at a game show company feels <laughs> so right. I could never have guessed. You'd never guess oh. it, and then you hear it, and you're like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. That's so great. I quickly got a job on Family Feud back then, which was the biggest game sure. show around. And then I got a job as a contestant coordinator on it. So I was always interviewing the families and which was really fun. Oh, yeah. So I would interview all their personalities. What you're doing with me right now. I did with all the family members. Then I'd play the game with them. And then we traveled. That's how I got to see so much of the United States. I mean, we went everywhere. And that's, that's when so I fell cool. the South. The South. Oh, I love the people in the South. The families were so great in the South. And that's really it. That's the sort of straight line you can draw to like you hadn't really had an experience in the South, but went in that capacity and it just dropped you right into the sort of authenticity of the culture of the South and the and the families and the food and that. I mean, that's yeah, really amazing, I it, right? It, it, I think I never thought about it, you know, but I think it had a really big impact on me because I love the people so much. I love the food. Yeah. I love the music. And then I went to New Orleans and I was like, oh, yeah. the music and going into those laces and just listening to music and the people all those families were the best they yeah were those southern families they were fantastic and did they tend to win when they competed on family feud or were they wonderful and charming but not necessarily the bloodthirsty like intensely competitive winners uh, that some families are on family feud that's a big question but i think it's both i think some of them were like that yeah. and some were they're so charming and uh, they were so great and did, I, I love this. And did you, I mean, obviously in that experience, you are sort of like getting, I was going to say getting people all over you, but that sounds extremely creepy. But you really were sort of, I mean, so I loved, I love doing that stuff too. When I lived in, in San Francisco, um, there was this like weird sliver of time when, and I've talked about this on the podcast a tiny bit, but uh in San Francisco in the early aughts, um, and maybe this is still true, but I kind of doubt it. There were so, you know, there are so many big companies based in the Bay Area, but it's not like showbiz town like that's down south. And so these companies would get away with hiring, particularly for photographers, for commercial photographers, if they were doing print ads or cereal boxes like Kashi cereal was based in San Francisco. They would just scout people on the street. And say, you know, they would hire casting people to just walk up to people and go, hey, you're an attractive businessman in his uh, 50s with salt and pepper hair. We're actually looking for someone like you for this Apple ad that we're that we're casting. And and because it's not somebody who's represented, you know, you offer them a thousand dollars to use their picture forever in something. And they're flattered and they love it. And that's how you sort of do something very cheaply with just sort of real people talent is what they called it. And that kept yeah, happening to me on the talent side. So would go, hey, you girl working in this store, we are looking for someone like you to hug a puppy for the ASPCA or whatever. And nice. I ended up becoming, I'm such a people person that I ended up becoming friends with some of those photographers who kept calling me for stuff. And so I ended up working as a coordinator, very much like what you were doing, but on this real people casting side where I had a lovely time. Like they would say, you need to be out at Fisherman's Wharf at five in the morning because we want real, you know, crab fishermen for this whatever like fisherman's friend cough drops that we're doing this print ad for that'll be in That's you know funny. home and garden magazines and so it would send me to all of these 
places, I mean, again, this is just in the Bay Area, but just those sort of specific vocations. Like, there, I remember there was one where they were like, we're thinking we want someone very earthy. Um, you know, we'd love someone who's like mixed race, um, somebody who's into the arts. So where would you go? And so you go and you just like try to meet all of these potters and these f- women painters and you kind of figure out where they all are and where those communities are. I loved it because I was being dropped into someone else's world and someone else's enthusiasm or someone else's family. And it felt like I was getting, I just was, I I was like in love with those people for the day, you know? It's great. And then, you know, once, once they were on the show, we couldn't do it before, but we went back, we got to go to their houses and have dinner and you just get to see how everybody lives in different places. And it's really awesome. That's why also when I went to the Loveless Motel, they have a Loveless Motel there, and it's called the Loveless Motel. I just thought it was the greatest name I've ever heard. And all the food there is so good. They have the Loveless Motel. They have the jams and the jellies. (laughs) Just everything I ate was great. And, you know, Popeye Chicken, my dad, you know, my dad opened the first Popeye Chicken in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Because when I was traveling um, way back then, he was, they were thinking of franchising it actually in Tucson, in Arizona. Oh, wow. They were going to open the first one. So he had me, when I was in the South, he had me go taste some of the, you know, the Popeye chicken and the biscuits and everything to see if it was something he should do. Yeah. And of course, I fell in love with it. Popeye chicken is the best. The biscuits are amazing. And he was going to open the first one in Arizona, then the L.A. one became available. So he opened one in uh, here. And I was going to say, I did not grow up with easy access that I can remember to Popeye's chicken. That was definitely something that I don't, I mean, I don't know. Your dad may have deprived me. Because maybe I had very <laughs> few options. We had to go to the Lucky Wishbone, which was like chicken fingers and fish fingers, mm. and everything all kind of tasted like chicken and fish together because it was all just do you like eat, weird blocks. Do you eat meat? I do. Do you seem like the type who would not eat meat? Um, no, that's because I was just talking about kashi cereal. But uh, oh. no, I don't. No, I eat meat. I'm not a vegetarian. Only because you look so healthy and you look so you know trim and healthy, and usually I'm looking. You know, when at, I see that, I'm looking. I'm I looking think... in a mirror. Except for we have different colored hair. <laughs> you can always see my face. You don't. I, you, I don't know what you. Th- I mean, you don't look like someone who's like I. All I eat is fritters all day, and you just have I grease wish. all over your fingers as you're waving to me on Zoom. Well, today I'm with you, so I don't have it. <laughs> you cleaned check out my freezer. Check my freezer, honey. <laughs> Yeah, because Southern food is amazing and it is fried and wonderful. I worked in uh, on a show called Dinner in a Movie that shot in Atlanta before anything else was really shooting in Atlanta. And our craft services was so wonderful, but so incredibly unhealthy, but in the way that makes you sleepy. That's like the only reason that we wouldn't. She would bring out just like deep fried this and buttered that. And, you know, it was like beautiful, like just buttery grits in the morning for breakfast. But you eat that. And the first thing you want to do is take a nap. So we had to sort of like we felt so gross in L.A. being like, but could we also just have like some raw almonds and oh, I don't know, some (laughs) celery. I remember I asked for for some fresh veggies or something. And it it was one of those like and we preloaded them all with ranch. And I was like, but I will not be awake. I will not be well. Can I tell you something? I wish that made me sleep. Nothing makes me sleep. If I found something like that that made me sleep, I would eat it before bed. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Max Fun members, what's your favorite JV Club episode? Because I'm making a special JV Club episode that's all about you and what your favorite moments from the podcast are. Okay, so here's what you do. Record a 30-second to one-minute voice memo telling us which JV Club episode or guest really stuck with you and why. And then just send it to producer Julian's email, which is julian at MaximumFun.org. That's J-U-L-I-A-N at MaximumFun.org with the subject line Max Fun JV Club. And yours might be one of the episodes that makes the curated special. In case you missed any of that, you can find all the information in the show notes for this episode. I'm so excited to hear from you and to put together a very special JV Club fan curated sort of variety show episode. So email Julian. I can't wait. Let's do this. Bria, what's your reader wheelhouse? A woman on a journey, space, 
post-apocalyptic roads, and magical food. Mallory, what's your reader wheelhouse? Werewolves, haunted houses, weird fiction, and uh, books set in Florida for, for some reason. We're reading glasses, and we want to know what your reader wheelhouse is. We can use it to help you find more books that you love. And avoid books that you don't. So whatever you like to read about and however you like to read it, we want to help you read better. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Oh man, so you have a spinning mind of, is it spinning of anxiety or is it spinning of ideas or or is it Uh, neither and it's just... It's Why sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's just, I, I'm up every night at two or two 30. I, I don't, then I don't sleep. I, and I have a lot of energy still. Okay. So but it's, yeah, it's I, not even something you wake up and go, Oh God, no, no, no. Yeah. Whenever I wake up, I'm like, Ooh, yeah. I'm like, I have so much energy. Well, that's but, great. I mean, aren't you, it's weird. you just described yourself as one of those highly successful people. Like people always use Martha Stewart as an example of someone who's like, you know, I only need four hours of sleep. I don't know the rest of the time I bake. Like that's well, just. I, I, well, I actually looked it up once and it's like called a super sleeper. And I think she's one of the people who has super it. Super sleeper. It's a super sleeper and you don't super require sleeper. a lot of sleep. Oh, I want that. Sleeper. We all want that. I feel like I, I got it. excited when I stopped feeling like I needed eight and a half hours, uh, half hours of sleep and moved into the seven hour realm where like that's where my body was naturally waking up. I felt like I had a, I was the, the world was my oyster, like that extra hour and a half of yeah. of being bright eyed and bushy tailed felt like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, but sometimes I wish I was like you guys who could sleep like on a weekend. and uh, I can't. I don't know. But you know, it's so funny watching you and talking to you like this. It's so funny. You're so different from your character. And. <laughs> I also wanted to tell you how my fa- how much my family loves you on the show. Oh, that's great to hear. They think you're so people think you're so funny. Oh, that's great. I well, listen. I mean, I love, love, love doing that character. It was so much fun from day one. From day one of auditioning, uh, you're so and you were funny. so gracious were... and great in the in the audition and all that. You were so funny when you walked in. You were the I think you were the last or the hardest character we had. To, yeah, I to, think that's true. Cast. You guys had, are, in fact, you had already started working, and you were still looking like you shot yes. out of order because you didn't have summer. From that's what I was told, feel, that's why you should feel so good because that character, for me, it's so it's kind of easy to find a character, not easy, but to find a character that can play the one dimensional character. But I really wanted someone who had more depth and who had. Uh, something about her that was a little sympathetic in addition to how funny she was and why she was the way she was yeah and you had that from the second you came in so so that was why it was like oh yes those are and you showed it in the episodes too you showed especially oh i still love that episode with the that bathroom scene with you and eddie oh yeah so good you were so amazing in that scene oh geez and it's why people love that character because of that scene too really it was so good well when you well thank you so much but that's also i mean that's all in the the writing i mean not to just like turn it all back on you because how gross and everyone's you know disgusted and they're barfing up their food right now because we clearly love each other so much but um (laughs) you know that's there's when you read the script i i feel like i remember seeing the direction, you know, which is not the first time I've seen this because I have played un- unpleasant or the sort of unlikable character from time to time because a lot of the time those are the funniest characters <laughs> that yeah, are written. Yeah, true. Um, but uh, not in this case because there everybody gets to say some real gems. But, um, but, you know, there is the sort of like you do start to see that flag which you immediately know oh, they've been seeing people like it's possible that they've been seeing people and they've just been too unlikable. You know, you try sometimes it's it's because that's born out of the audition process. And sometimes it's just because the writers very carefully from the start know, hey, look, I understand that as an actor, you may read this and think, oh, I get it. But please know that there's a lot going on in the layers underneath. We, you get a few pages to try to capture the essence of a character so someone auditions for it. And I do yeah. remember seeing, like, she's not a bitch, you know? Like, there was a, the sense of that. And um, and that's, I mean, that she. but it was all there. Like, it didn't even need to say that. It was so clear that this is a person who's an outsider to this, you know, 
club and and the, and not only are they a club because they're a family but they've bonded through this loss and the very mm-hmm. person they've lost is the person that you're trying to come in and sort of like haha I know I'll never be her but aren't I kind of the greatest next best thing and like yeah, that's a horrible exactly. position to be in you know whether it you're is. the it's best tough. person or the worst person that's an awful position to be in so I it's really so felt true. you know from the beginning um like it was all there, you know. But you were also did the comedy beautifully. I mean, people, the things people quote the most, like with you, is like with the way you did Leanne's fucking rhymes <laughs> at the end of that. That Leanne freaking rhymes was such a funny runner for everybody. Uh, but when you did it at the end, it was so good. Uh, it was a blast. It was great. Well, so I, what have you watched it? What, what's the deal? Have you watched all ten? I have not watched all it? ten. I've watched the first. What? I've watched the first three. I'm get. I get real. Uh, what are you so busy doing? No, so I, busy? no, it's not that. I get. Well, listen, I was on a show for five seasons, and I've seen the first season of it, and I've never watched the rest of it because I do get sort of like, Ugh, I don't want to like. I I I love watching watch other it. people, but I I find that like you know my neck gets tense because I I do I don't have that thing where I just purely enjoy watching myself. Oh, you um, need to watch. You need to but watch. The of course, I will. The bathroom. With oh, the bathroom. I, I, I'm absolutely going to watch all of it. Don't get me wrong. For a New York minute, I. I absolutely oh, okay. am going to because everybody else is so freaking stellar. Um, and so I good. love I've loved watching them so far. But um, but yeah, sometimes I get a little bit like, oh, I don't know. I don't it's so know. cute that you do that. I get that. But trust me, you're really good. Oh, and man. I edited it so many times, all these things. And I've seen you thousands of times and you're good all the way through. Everybody's so good on the show. They're just so talented. That's Which and and did group. you did you have when you're editing? This is a very inside baseball question, but and I'll move back to you in a second. But uh, I mean t- to your uh, who I would you actually are rather talk about. I'm sure I'd rather talk about the show. I'm sure. I'm like you. I don't need to talk about myself. Yeah, sadly, I've made a podcast about who people are. But you know what? We've already killed 25 minutes, so you're golden. It's it's all downhill from here. It's all downhill from here. When you are editing, do you... I mean, you've been doing this for for so long uh, and and so well. um, But do you still have those kind of, like moments where you go I don't know if I've stopped thinking this is funny because it's not funny or if I've just watched this cut so many times that I've lost or do you are you so methodical about it now that you sort of stay the course because like I did a show with a stand-up comedian who was show ran and that wasn't you know it was his baby he used to write on the Simpsons but that was a very controlled like group environment and for him writing and having it be his own show he just and he's so funny and fast he just lost faith in almost everything like the second it was it was printed and sent to the actors he was like i don't think that's funny enough and like i know Mm -hmm. that's part of the process but i think for the editing process for him was a nightmare because then he really was just watching the same stuff over and over and starting to question like oh i'm not laughing anymore i'm not laughing do you you always question you question but mostly it's when they first come in to me they first come in and and then i right away go oh because it's just Timing is everything, everything in comedy. It's everything. And you can edit something, just like change one little thing and it's super funny. So you know that you have, editing is like rewriting again. I mean, yeah. you're like rewriting it like for the 80th time when you're editing. Yeah. But as far as the whole show together, if it doesn't make me cry, if it doesn't get to me and I don't tear up, uh, I know it's not right. And mm. I go so by my gut. Because this show is funny and and sad, you know, there's some sadness to it. Absolutely. So I know that uh, the, the comedy seems to come a little easier, you know, as far as the lines and timing and everything like that. But the it's the heartfelt things. You can stand on that stage and perform a song and I won't cry at all. And I know something's wrong. And that's mm. when we shoot it. Then I'll go in and I'll talk to the actors and I'll say what they need to do. And, and then we'll just keep doing it. And when it hits and I cry, I know I've got it. And once we have it, it usually is okay in editing because yeah. it's there. I love that. And I will say those moments of, in particular with, with Shiloh, right? Because she has, she has a very specific job responsibility on the show that none of the other actors have um and and watching the two of you interact and watching i'm like getting choked up thinking about it watching what happens after she does a fantastic take of a really tough scene that's very emotional about something that shiloh does not have necessarily direct experience in her short life um Mm -hmm. and watching 
I don't know, just watching you come out and like having that little exchange. I mean, it's not like I'm standing there listening. It's but you could see it all. And just the way you look at her and the way she looks at you. And oh, it's the best. That's so nice. It's I love such that a beautiful kid. moment. I mean, Ugh. She's such a talented yeah. young lady. I can't get over it. She's got so much going on and she's so deep. I mean, she's she's when I met her, she was nine and she sang Jolene. Like yeah. for her audition, and I see it's like she's saying it, like voice she's lived it, like she's that lived beautiful it. husky, like and yes, and she's gotten better and better. She, what I love is she works at it. She works she at does. her guitar. She she practices and she sings and she's so serious about it and she's so good. And they're all so good. All the kids are so good. But they're she, right. She did have. She just she had yeah. She had a weight on role. her. Yeah. Yes, and she was so amazing. Oh. She always made me cry every time I watch it. Every yeah. time yeah. I tear up. It's she's insane. So, it's so insane. And that is that, the cast. Yeah. The cast is amazing. I was so it's, lucky. Oh, they're so good. I mean, they're all so, so good. good. The kids. The and kids you don't know. So I didn't good. know. You know, I came in and everyone was cast and you just kind of go, well, it's a cast with a lot of kids in it. Like, let's see. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. see how well, this goes. I, you know, here's what they all had in common, including you and including Eddie and Kat. Everyone was so kind. Yeah, they were so sweet. Warm Everybody yeah. was a you know that means a lot to considerate, me. Considerate, polite, with, like ugh, yeah. Same with writers. Same with my writers and everything. And everybody I hired, I hope that uh, they all have that going for them because it means everything. If you have people who are kind, uh, on top of all the talent, it's it makes for a beautiful experience for everybody. There's no you know egos and no competition and yeah. you know because that's that's in every job you have so much of that and i always try to stay away from that if you can because it just makes for a much more fun and better experience for everybody i think that's really that's great to hear for everybody who is a fan of television which everyone kind of is i mean i'm obviously i'm sure there are people who are like i only read books and i respect that and that's great but um you know we're living in an era too where there really is sort of something for everyone um but you know, you do sort of start, I think if you, if you remove yourself, if you are removed from that, um, from that world, there is sort of this concern that like the more success someone has, the more likely it is that they will become no longer grounded or no longer polite, or they'll lose touch with just like traditional, polite, like kind human values. (laughs) And so, you know, there are people on that show that are from the writer's showrunners writers producers to the actors and everybody in between there's varying levels of success and notoriety and you know i come from a family of famous people well i'm from a small town and so and so and this is my first real acting job well i'm a writer's assistant who's da 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 well i ran the show i mean that's there is that really runs the gamut and so i think it is really nice for people to hear that you know that's if you're a good person none of that ends up mattering like you're just a bunch of people who want to make a good thing together and you're in a big family and that's real it's not that's not a hokey thing that people go oh i'm so sure it's like summer camp it's like no it's like hard summer camp (laughs) it's hard work but yeah i don't don't like the drama i like people to get along that's how i am in life i like people to get along and I like to be nice I want to go to back to asking you about editing for a second too because I also I mean that is such like how early in your life or career did you find out first person how important editing is like did you have the sort of moment of being blown away like I did when I when I really went behind the scenes for the first time and went oh oh this is the real oh this is the work <laughs> like and it's, it of is. course it's part of a phase but for me it because I was less familiar with it it really felt like I was like a lightning bolt like oh my it's god critical. this is everything this is everything it is I mean you hope and pray that you have all the footage you need you know, you hope yeah. and pray. Like, Ugh. you know, some directors give you more. Right. Some don't have that shot. You have to create. You have to yes. create the scene to get what you want. You have to create it. I'm telling you, it's another writing session, but it's an yeah. intense writing session. And we have such good editors on the show. Oh, my God. Yeah. Michael was so amazing. He was so good. Some people are just so good at it. Oh, you know? yeah. 
I always wish- But you watch it constantly. If you have to watch every little thing, change it. It's amazing how you change it one second. It's like surgery, matters. surgical yeah. precision. That's a real thing when it comes it's to editing, true. you know? It's true. I miss, I wish that we had been able to do a rap party because those are some of my favorite moments in my life are when- you're at a, a function and someone you've never seen before comes up to you and looks at you with such familiarity and they're like, Janet. And you're like, I don't know who you are. And they're like, oh, right, 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 right. I'm the editor. You're my wife. I live with you. I've been seeing you 12 hours a day, every day for X amount of time. And I just, I absolutely love that. I love all the post That's people funny. who you never meet on set and then they have so much to do with whether or not you come off like a complete schmuck or not. It's, like they have everything so to do with it. They have all the power, but sitting next to me, they have to do what I say. Yeah, <laughs> get them, get them, Karen. So get I, em. Try to make you, I try to make you all look <laughs> wonderful. But, you know, it wasn't that hard with you guys. Oh, man. When did you You're start writing? Good. When did you go from working in production to kind of having more of a hand in what people were saying? Uh, I was... I was in game shows, as I told you, and then I went to another company and started creating game shows. We was kept coming up with game shows, and then I would write material for the game shows. And the material I would write would generally be funny. Like if we were doing a match, like a date dating kind of thing, I would come up with really funny material. And I write material, and someone said to me, you know, you should really write for like a, a sitcom. You're so funny. And I never really thought about it. And so then I wrote a couple of spec scripts, and that's how it started. I went just because I was doing funny material on game shows and I started writing and that's what happened. I got on one show and then another, another, how it works, you know? And, and, and where, then, how many were, how many women were, were on like, a, like sort of early writing teams that were you, were you What on? a good question because my very first show, I was the only woman. Right. I mean, and it was not in game shows. In game shows, it was mixed, you know? That's great. That's nice to hear. But yeah, but when I went from that to my first show was all guys. And back then there was smoking allowed. There was uh, just all, everything was allowed. Yeah. Like not like now. Yeah. But um, I remember being in a room, they were smoked. They would open the windows for the people who couldn't take it. Um, and I was the only girl and it was very hard. I have to say it was tough because there was several of the more of their manly men. It was a show called, it was Uncle Buck. So you remember the, the movie Uncle Buck, this is a TV version. Who so was Uncle was Buck like, in the TV version? Kevin Meany. Okay, okay. I did, it was I, funny. yeah, I didn't, I, I don't remember seeing the TV show, but I absolutely remember it existing. And I definitely have a giant love of that movie through and yeah. through. It was a it's great so movie. Good. So, uh, yeah, so I did that. Then it was so, so there was a lot of kind of male, male, yeah. males. And so it was tough. It was tough. And I remember thinking any other show I ever do, if I ever do my own show, is going to be evenly mixed. Yeah. As mixed as possible with everything, because it's so important to have different voices, uh, you know, in a show. It's yeah. just cause people do think differently. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and it's nice to have a nice mix. You never want all of one thing. And all men or all women, you want to mix. Right. Did you, yeah. how did you navigate that in terms of, because that's definitely something that women across, you know, many, many different types of careers find and talk about. And obviously things are changing and they're changing every day and for, usually for the better. But, um, I mean, I think, again, I see, I, I look up to you and I see uh, characteristics that I recognize um, in myself. And again, because you are such a people person um, and you are, you, you, you're not, you're not a, the kind of person, like your authority does not come from, you know, I'm going to speak very loudly and over everyone else or anything like that. And so I'm wondering how you navigated that and and sort of how you win over a room or how you because, you know, I'm not saying that they're the dudes are bad, but like I was the first thing I wrote on. Um, I was the only girl and I loved the guys that I wrote with, but they just didn't. I just wasn't I don't interrupt people in that like I don't you know what I mean like I just didn't I was so much more uh I I, I was I just I just didn't want to 
you know, and I was newer in the team and they all knew each other and I just didn't want to impose, but yet I wanted my voice to be heard. And so I felt like I was just on a, t- a, a tight wire of, you know, am I going to seem like a jerk if I do this? Am I going to seem, you know, if, am I am going to seem too girly if I'm, if I sort of am too deferential? Like, where do I, what's the balance, you know? It's hard. It's hard at the beginning. I mean, when you're just starting, it's hard. You do feel all those things. And you do feel, do I, do I say too much? Do I say this? But I think I do that in life anyway. But um, I think over time, I think I always think you just do the work and you work so hard, which I do. I mean, I, I don't care what project I'm on, who I'm working for. If it's my show, it's someone else's show. I work exactly the same. I work really hard until I feel it's right. So I, and I'm passionate about the work. So I think that comes before everything. Mm-hmm. And if you're passionate about the work, and you work really hard, that's rather than care about the ego stuff of it, though it's work, it takes work not to care about the ego stuff, you know, but I, I, like I said, I try to always be nice to everybody. And I think my sense of humor, I think I depend on that for a lot of things. So if something's uncomfortable, I'll make a joke. Right. I'll say even as simple as this is very uncomfortable, Uh you know, like you just, if you talk it and honesty is important, honesty, and it comes, and also it comes with experience and age, right? As you get older, as you do it a lot, you just get more comfortable with yourself and with it. And you just be honest and just make a joke. If you can do that. Yeah. Uh, For me, I, I depend on my sense of humor to get me through a lot of things. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But, and then just be nice is, is the best you can. I think it's important. I really say that a lot because when I first started and you work with people who have egos, they don't even want to take pitches or they don't because they want their pitch in. I think they're just hurting themselves. I never get why they do that because the nicer you are in the room and the more collaborative everybody is, you get the best stuff from yeah. everybody when they're enjoying themselves and they're having a good time. Uh, yes. For me, yes, that's yes, how I yes. feel. Couldn't agree more. And it feels like such a no-brainer. And yet there are plenty yeah. of situations in which you go, a bit. do you not yeah. see it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it takes work, though. It takes work. It yeah. takes a lot of work. It doesn't happen naturally. You've got to... It takes work to get those things happening. Yeah. So they're nice and smooth and things like that. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den? They smell like living creatures decaying. (laughs) Only if they are decaying. Yeah, which they will be. Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. I don't want to. Uh, I, I, I mean, I really would have grilled you a lot more about your teenage years, um, and I've taken it very easy on you. I do play this game at the end yeah. that takes a little bit. It's sort of the the idea is essentially, I think, leaves you with uh, uh, things that you enjoy sort of floating around in your brain. If I did to be a, a positive experience, it's also hard. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make some smiles happen, um, and also possibly your stomach growl because I do have a category that is about food. Um, but this okay, is also, yeah, good. This is Don't an opportunity. Use big words. Don't use big words. <laughs> <laughs> like baba ganoush. Is that? Yeah. Uh, no, my food is okay. I know all the food. Okay, Don't use big words. So I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. You be simple. Give me three super serious examples of, no. See? Um, Let me get my thesaurus ready. You're so uh-huh. smart. <laughs> This is a this is also a way for me for us to get a little sense of some of the stuff that that you like. And I've gotten a peek into it with with some of the stuff that we've talked about. But basically, at the end of this, you know, it is kind of an eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I take care of all of that part. But it's like we're building this alternate universe life for alternate universe, Karen, where anything is possible. And you'll see what I mean in a second. For example, I would love to get three 
writers or actors who aren't around anymore that in this alternate universe you're going to get to collaborate on something with. So, you know, whether you're you're writing on Mary Tyler Moore or, you know, you make a movie with Judy Garland or whatever, um, this is three things that would be amazing, you know, p- people that would be amazing to collaborate on something with. Well, that would be the first one. <laughs> I know I talk about her a lot in Judy Garland. I would love in my dream to sit down with Judy Garland and just talk and talk and talk and i would like to sing with her because i do impressions of her so i would like to sing with her and the writers i I admire as far as you know comedy like are still here with us like norman lear is like one of my biggest idols i mean and he's still here with us thankfully i'm gonna throw him in there and he is just uh you know he's just brilliant he's yes. brilliant and like you mentioned mary tyler moore i mean james brooks i mean yeah these are people i've admired for so long it's the kind of writing i love and, and i'll go back to the writing it's like mary tyler moore is one of my favorite shows the way it was written it was just beautifully written um you know roseanne the beginning the beginnings of roseanne one of my favorite shows i thought that was written beautifully and it yeah. started a new kind of kind of writing and comedy which i love so much well right now i've written down a collaboration with judy a collaboration with norman a collaboration with mary tyler moore do those feel good sure i'm not so sure well mary tyler moore the writers of mary tyler moore but okay what about so give me somebody uh at the judy and normal level of enthusiasm of uh somebody that you would love to to have made something with or make something with Hmm, that's a really good question um neil simon great neil simon's Oh, I love everything he's written. Great. Okay, next category, let's do three singers or musicians. And I do not care if you want to throw Judy back in here for this. But we're creating this situation in which you have this fantastic lifelong friendship with these people, living or dead, don't care, um, that, you know, it's like, Oh, they're, and they're going to be at the bowl. Hopefully you'll come and sit backstage or be in the dressing room and like, you know, what do, what would you like my set list to be, best friend Karen? So these are like three people that you who who you love as singers, uh, musicians of a kind, composers um, that we're going to give you this kind of like very close relationship with. And hopefully they're I guess they're not jerks or in this in this reality, we're making sure they're not jerks. Okay, well, Barb Streisand would be the talker. Got to put Babs in there. Frank Great. Sinatra would be my dream to Love sit it. with, to get to know, to have a drink with, to be in the Rat Pack. Oh, yeah. I would love to be in his little Rat Pack. That would be amazing. Um, let's see, Gershwin, uh, George Gershwin. Great. I love the George Gershwin music. I would sit and just pick his brain and try to write something with him. Great. Okay. Next category, three foods that in our reality, we've spoken about some of them, uh, maybe it's not great to eat like in just incredible amounts of for whatever reason. Uh, in this alternate reality, nothing like that is a problem. So you can have whatever this thing is in perpetuity at the snap of your fingers and there's zero ramifications to anyone, including you. Well, I guess my first thing would be donuts. I love donuts, great. every kind of donut, great. except coconut. And I... Don't think I could live my life without peanut butter. Oh, yeah. And I know, I just, I put it on everything, even on like the desk. <laughs> it's just, I, I will <laughs> eat it off of, I'll eat it off of anything. Would you eat it off of a dog's <laughs> paw? Okay, no, I was wrong. Thank you for clearing that up. I am exaggerating. I love it so much. I love peanut butter. Do you want to know creamy? Do you want to know creamy or do you want to know chunky? Creamy. Okay, yeah. I love creamy. Chunky is is a different undertaking. That's like a different... serious. It's like a meal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Creamy is a side. I agree. Um, I also... Another side would be cream cheese. (laughs) (laughs) I can't live my life without cream cheese. I had... And of course, I love pizza. Well, I, yeah. listen, I put donuts, peanut butter, and cream cheese. You've run out of categories. So if you want to put oh, pizza sorry, on there. We by gotta... the way, I could go on. This one is limiting me to three. The I unprecedented 10, 10 food categories. Yeah. I'll go on all day. I had, when I was, when I came down to LA to stay for a pilot season, when I was sort of dragged down from, from San Francisco, I stayed uh, with a couple of friends of mine and they 
made toast with cream cheese for breakfast mm-hmm. in the morning. And it was a rev like I'd only ever thought of bagels and cream cheese as going together, which I ate plenty of as well. But somehow just like some some toast with a thin layer of cream cheese. <laughs> okay, stop there. Not thin miraculous. Layer. Okay. You need yeah. a thick layer but it and sinks also, in also to toast tried, in a lovely way. Have you tried sourdough toast with cream cheese? Oh, get out That's of That's the ticket. Right there. That's the oh, ticket. That's Sourdough what I want toast. Right now. Yes. Thick cream cheese. Oh. Don't be afraid to go thick. No, you're right. You're right. It's gonna get sucked. <laughs> like because like I don't when want... you bite it, you want your teeth marks in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you want forensics to be able to identify yes. you as the murderer of the cream cheese. <laughs> exactly. That's because how your you teeth know marks right. Understood. Understood. Okay, beautiful. All right. Next category. This is uh, alternate universe romances. So it could be a character from something. It could be an actor from, you know, it could be Paul Newman, Circa, you know, Butch Cassidy, um, mm. it, you know, anything like that. That's Real, uh, three, three that we're going to give you this sort of alternate universe, uh, beautiful. Well, I do, with. I'm just going from like movies or whatever. I guess the people I've always found so attractive An- Antonio Banderas, I think. Come on, come on. Beautiful. Are you kidding me? I mean, beautiful. Young Al Pacino. I yep, mean, come yep, on. Yep. Um, now, oddly, I love Albert Brooks. Oh, I do. So, so are you kidding me? So I find him just, oh, you know, yeah. those young movies when he was like, I mean, yeah. he was so adorable. That's yes. like he's bear like. I love bear like. Oh, guys. no, no. Defending Your Life, yeah. one of the best movies oh, of all time. Um, he was so good in that. Yeah. And that's such a great movie. And oh. yes, I love him. Even broadcast news. I know, Everybody I probably know. liked, what was it, William Hurt? Is that who was in it? Who was the. It, uh, yeah, but you know, what a hint. I liked. No, you gotta love Albert. And his, and his nervous sweating. Um, you know what movie know. N- no one ever talks about that I love so much is um, Starting Over. Like, no one oh, from my such- era. Like Love no one I know my age or younger has ever seen it. They don't know anything about it. And it is one of my I favorite movie. book movies uh, and James Earl Brooks. I mean, it's so it, it feels so very you to me. It feels very like it's extraordinarily funny. It's scathingly funny, but it's deeply emotional. Oh. Yeah, and everybody is so like that that Candace Bergen role like that's what I you know if if if, if I could go like. be her yeah that's what you were like when you did your singing. I mean she's she's what a mess <laughs> I, mean, oh, I know that was and her funny. terrible singing voice I mean it's just yes. wonderful. if you have not seen starting over people listening to this please feel free to and then you will know it's what I mean brilliant. when I go it's a better movie. than ever I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna be better than ever <laughs> it's so. Great. But you did that on the show. Did you? Did oh, you that's channel the gift that you gave you, to me. Oh, I you absolutely so thought funny. about you. You did it just like that. Oh, it was I so absolutely funny. thought about her. Oh, you all listening must watch Janet in that in that episode. She was so funny when she tried to sing. What a pleasure! On Country Comfort. She I have gotten. I just answered a couple of tweets from people who know me from other things who were like, "I was so crushed that you didn't get to use your beautiful voice when you were acting as Summer." And I was like, "I, I know, but like, you're missing the point." <laughs> no, actually, so I'm not my, that great of a singer. <laughs> my niece said to me, "My niece heard you." She said, "She's a really good singer, isn't she?" I said, "She is, but she had to fake it." She goes, "You can tell." She's a great singer who had to try to be bad. Let me tell you, you how easy it is voice. to be bad when you're singing anywhere near Catherine McPhee. When you're near Catherine McPhee, your voice is garbage if you're not her. So it's, it's totally so fine. True. It's totally Can you believe fine. how good her voice is? Her she's, voice is it's unreal. Everything she sings. Everything it's she unreal. Sings. And she's got that thing in her voice. Remember I said about Judy Garland? She's got that, oh, cry. Yes. She's got that cry in her voice that yes. when she sings a ballad, you just... Oh, your heart breaks. Oh, yeah. She's got that thing. Oh, yeah. She's got the thing. So She's good. got the thing. When she came in, and she had to record. I used to tell her that's not right, just so I can keep hearing her over and over again because I want, it was like getting a concert, a free concert. I go, that's good, Catherine, but I can do it better. And I would just sit there in my headphones and I'm like, oh, yeah that's the most self-indulgent thing i've ever heard you say and that's not saying much Uh, okay i got antonio i got young al pacino i got albert brooks i think we have uh first of all all of their names start with a i don't know what that means but they do all start with a um what if you're just going down your phone book of crushes and you're like i didn't even get to yeah by the way frank sinatra would be on that list too because i love him and everybody 
guy. I'm so I love him. I'm like I'm like uncomfortably fascinated and obsessed with the Rosemary's Baby era Mia and Frank saga. Like to me, that feels like I want to see the movie about that era when she was also making that movie. That's just like that's Holly. And I know it's all in New York, but that is Hollywood, like Hollywood royalty. Fascinating. That's funny. I like the um, Rat Pack when he's drinking. They're all drinking and it's having fun. I, yeah, I like. That. I feel like they knew that they were, they knew that they were living inside of a legend while it was happening, which isn't always the case. Like, but I feel like they knew, right? They they kind of really? they're That's like they're going to be talking about this for fifty more <laughs> years. They're going to be talking about these conversations we had. Like, I think they knew. That's, oh, that's what, funny. And, and, but but not in a bad way. Like, but no, I don't know. They knew. It was so iconic. Do you know what I mean? It was so iconic. <sighs> Um, okay, yeah. next category, let's do three skills that you would love to wake up with tomorrow and you sort of downloaded Matrix style. It's like, didn't have to practice, woke up and we're like, oh, I guess I could take apart a computer and put it back together or whatever. Um, three skills Well, like that. for sure singing. Like, I could, if I could sing like Catherine, wake up singing and sound like Catherine, I would yeah. be the happiest person in the world. Great. Playing piano. I wish I could play jazz piano. Nice. Like, you know, like when they do the real wild things and yeah. all that I mean and somehow it all makes sense don't understand why when I was a child I took accordion lessons because <laughs> don't know why my parents felt that that was the instrument that I should learn oh I love that um, so much and uh it taught me chords and it taught me how to read music but come on that's not yeah. the sexiest instrument when you're playing and you know and also the, the bellows like I was always scared it would affect my my breasts. Can I say oh, that? Oh, sure. I was afraid. Oh, I, never thought I, didn't about know that. I, I didn't know if I was going to get like accordion things in them, <laughs> you know, like if they were going to look like that. But I remember when I was like 12, I said to my dad, please, I don't want to play this anymore. And I wish, I do wish they would have helped to send, sent me to the piano as opposed to yeah. the accordion, but I did learn things on that. <laughs> Mostly it's musical. I mean, also chef, I would love to be a phenomenal chef. Like to have the yeah. talent to do that. It's all with food or music related. That's great. Everything. These are yeah. the beautiful things in life. I I, I, <laughs> I give my stamp of approval. Uh, next category, three places in the world, whether you've been there or not, uh, three places in the world that we, we have a we give you a vacation home that you can just sort of teleport to so you don't even have to like travel if you don't want. Uh, well, one would definitely be in the snow. So it would be a, a log cabin in some very snowy place. Now, whether it's local or whether it's in Switzerland, um, just the whole log cabin, yeah. fireplace, snow all around me. Great. Snow is my favorite thing in the world. I uh, similarly. Another place would be like Sicily, like having a, like on the wine country and having all go pick grapes yeah. and make wine and have one of those beautiful chateaus out there looking at the whole vineyard. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. It would be amazing. Uh, and probably I would love a beautiful penthouse in New York. Great. I would like to just be up there and looking at all the beautiful scenery in New York and the skyline. And I love New York. Gorgeous. So probably those three. Let's do three oh. plate. Let's do three eras that you can see, you can visit. Speaking of safety bubbles, you can go back for a night and see Judy at, Gar- at at Carnegie Hall. Like those sorts of moments where they are in the past, you're in a safety bubble, nothing can happen. So if you want to see the dinosaurs, you're also welcome to do that. Three things that you get to sort of witness personally. Well, I think it would be the 40s Great. because I love everything about the 40s. And, and a lot of stories that my parents told me, like that's where they met, you know, they met it with little dances they had and everything was seemed so much more wholesome. And I like that. So I like that era where you go in and dance and it was just, it was fun. And even after the war, you just see all those things after, after the war and how happy everybody was. And, and that time of when they're creating things, like there's this show that I love um, about uh, on the history channel. I, it's like food, it's something with America. I can't even remember the name right now, but you learn how like cookies started. You learn how, chocolate started you know, potato oh chips. i need to watch this i would love oh my this. god it's the best food that built america i think oh okay is what it is. That down. it's so good but in that time when everything was starting uh that is an exciting time yeah you know just all that stuff starting um the 60s were fun but you know i you know also not you know i don't know i, I like 
uh, old music too. I like the forties music now, but real super history. Uh, I guess it would be fun, you know, to go way, way, way back. But really, I just like the time of the forties because I love the music and I love the fifties. Yeah, I, I like the feel of that and I like the music. Okay, I love the music. A okay, lot. so I have now one of three forties, but like maybe we could put you in three different places in the 40s. Like you're at a dance or you're at, I don't know why I'm being so specific about this game. Like, I'm Do you want so me to pick like different eras? I don't know. I, I like, um, I guess I could just like try to think back in the history, but I can't think of any No, I like that. the idea of you going to the 40s, but I was just wondering if there was like, you know. Well, you I'd be singing see, like, in a saloon. Uh, I'd be singing in a this saloon. This is what we're talking about. Yes, yeah, so I'd Great. be at the piano. Yeah, and I and I'd be singing and I would be playing amazing, but also I'd be sitting there and there'd be a pianist, and I would be singing and everybody would be loving it. Great, it would be amazing. I guess I <laughs> like guess being I being in a bar. This is what's happened. I've just decided that that is all three categories. So you've already got that, and it's happening. And now I just have to figure out the rest that that goes around this. What would you describe your mood now it could be the 2 a.m wake up it could be a later wake up if you did in fact go back to sleep after that but what was your mood when you woke up this morning that's a good one it was pretty even usually okay. i'm either usually i'm either uh-oh yeah or i'm like or i'm like oh i'm in such a good mood today yeah but today was pretty even and i knew i had business i knew i had to get ready for you and oh, I had that's my supposed time to be pleasure. No, that was a nightmare. Okay. And no, no, I had, and then I got on the bike. I always get on the bike every morning and I ride on my exercycle. So that's good. I do that. And, uh, but it was pretty okay today. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't excited or super happy or super sad. Okay. Well, that's all I needed so that I could get the, so uh, boring. the number. <laughs> Do you think I'm so boring? I feel so boring. I think you are extremely uninteresting. Thank you. That is But but I'm gorgeous, right? But I'm gorgeous. But I'm here for your looks. You know what's nice? You're not a plain man. Since this is not like going to be video, you can tell everybody I'm stunning and they won't know. So Uh, tell them. Also, I mean, you're adorable. Come on. Oh, my God. Um listen you're familiar with perfection everyone right <laughs> uh well that's karen <laughs> that's nice but look, we both look very cute we've got our glasses on you and have sincere. your hair is redder than mine is i wanted it's my hair red. to be more red i can make my hair redder watch look look i can put a light on it are you trying to do something as we talk because you're not looking at me anymore i did feeling. i had to do i had to i had to buy time i was like tapped i was doing some tap dancing which obviously by the way, you were really subtle very transparent <laughs> very you were so subtle you i was like, like uh-huh. look at me. Yeah, yeah whatever you just said i agree <laughs> what are you okay. busy doing i had so to come up doing? with the results of your mash oh you um, mean so there's a thing you come up with at the yeah, end yeah now it's like guess what this is your alternate universe mash life. It's happening. Oh. You can jo- you can enjoy it. I want you to know that you have uh, ma- this mash game stands for mansion, apartment, shack, or house. This is just like a game that people still play as young people. I would say usually young women, like in junior high. Uh, so I don't know. Therefore, it. I do it. Um, yeah, and your so. Baby. Mansion, apartment, shack house. I want you to know you got a mansion which falls right in line with your sprawling, fabulous penthouse in New York City. Beautiful penthouse in New York. You also have um, a fabulous collaboration. Again, this feels all it's kind of of a piece uh, so far. You have a fabulous collaboration with Gershwin. Which makes sense because you are a virtuoso pianist. So any genre, I mean, listen, you're kind of shaming George at this point with how fabulous and talented you are. Um, uh, And since, of course, you know, you've also had this kind of magical career singing and playing piano um, in sort of a saloon or a pub in the 40s, you really got the authenticity of all of that. Um, Makes sense why you and Judy Garland are so tight. I mean, you get her. Uh, you were f- there for her in that era of her life as she was growing into an older age where things got tough. You were right there, still making there wonderful her. music together. So this Judy, George, New York, mansion, penthouse, 
access to the 40s, amazing uh, playing of piano. The last two things I think are the sexiest of a lot of very sexy things that are happening in this alternate universe for you, Karen Lucas. But the idea of Antonio Banderas getting out of a hot shower and then having cream cheese just sort of slathered all over his warm, perfect skin. That is what awaits you in the boudoir after these days and nights of sheer pleasure and your concert. And I mean, that's a sec. This is a sexy, sophisticated outcome. Uh, that is a nice ending. I mean, right? I finish the night, I go home to Antonio with cream cheese. Yes. I love it. Yes. Love it. Uh, and that, my friend, is the end of the podcast. Please, everyone, if you have not checked out Country Comfort on Netflix, I do so hope you will. I don't know how algorithms on that uh, in that network work, but I do know that I hope we get to make more um, and that you would be supporting one of the nicest, funniest people I have met in show business. So, oh. and that is you, Kara Lucas. Oh, thank um, you for clearing that up. And that, is, sure and that is definitely uh, the first grip he was... <laughs> Listen, this never was forget fun. a face. This was fun. You are amazing. You are amazingly you. talented. You are beautiful. People have seen you, so they know how beautiful you are. You are so talented. Thank you so much for doing Country Comfort because you made it so special. Oh, and I hope you all watch it. I really do because I think it'll make you feel good. That's uh, our it goal. absolutely will. Make it you absolutely laugh, will. make you cry. And, and I've done a lot of things that I can't tell anyone in my family to watch. Um, and I can. <laughs> I've been able to tell them to watch that this <laughs> show because it is as funny or funnier than a lot of like the subversive alt comedy stuff I've done. Done, right. But, but you well, actually thanks. get like a lot out of it that's that's on the heart side of things too, which I is very important well, to me. So that was the goal. So I'm glad and thank you for being such a wonderful mm-hmm. part of it. No, thank you. Listen, we're gonna fight this out, but away from the public eye. So everybody, thanks for listening. I will talk to you next time on the podcast. show is recorded by me and edited by julian burrell and as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.